listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. What's up, everyone? It's your host, Chris Vogel, and welcome to another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by Boo Crew Media and Level Water. Level Water is a New Orleans-based alkaline water that goes through 11 stages of purification and is infused with bioavailable minerals like calcium, magnesium, and potassium to deliver superior tastes and hydrations. Try Level Water today by visiting levelwatercode.com slash BKM and use our latest code BKM15 for 15% off your first order of Level Water. Now, this is a very, very special, fun, engaging show because the NFL schedule is out, or at least the Saints schedule is out because the Saints can't stop the leaks. And that's why I keep posting on Twitter the picture of the Flex Seal guy because, God damn it, every other day there's a leak from this team and it just won't stop. But in this case, it's actually a leak that I prefer because instead of waiting for around 8 p.m. or 7 p.m., what it might be, waiting for that schedule, you know who the Saints are playing week one through week 17, and it is what it is. So we're going to break down all 17 games, and I know it's weird this year. It's 17, not 16, so I'll talk about that. Some interesting storylines for each game. I'll talk about which games I find the hardest for now. Obviously, things change. It's only May. I'm going to talk about the ceiling and the floor for this team because I think that's something that's worth discussing as to whether or not this team can win, let's say, 12 games or 10 games or whatever it might be. So we'll talk about all of that. But first, before I get into any of this, and this is kind of like a last second audible, truthfully speaking, because I wasn't going to talk about it because this didn't even cross my mind. But again, things change, especially when it's you're talking about the NFL and covering the NFL. Things change every single minute. And before I get into the NFL schedule, I just want to quickly, for about a minute or two, talk about Taysom Hill. And I know you guys are like, well, why the hell is Chris talking about Taysom Hill? What the hell happened to Taysom Hill? Is he okay? The man's all right. What this is about is these damn people on Twitter who won't stop slandering Taysom Hill for no reason. Like when you Saints fans, including myself, get mad that Taysom Hill fumbles the football like one out of every five carries all right, that's a fair complaint. And it's in the moment. Like it's a current event that you complain about. Like people complain about current events. That's a normal thing for a human to do. But when it's the middle of May, there is no Saints football going on and there's nothing going on on a random Wednesday. And the first thing in your mind is like, man, I got to go on Twitter and I got to slander Taysom Hill. You got nothing better to do. And yeah, I'm asking you, Warren Sharp, who's tweeting about the NFL put the Saints on primetime four times in five weeks so the nation can get a good look at their $140 million weapon they signed. Obviously, that's a knock on Taysom Hill. And this could have been a sarcastic spin by Warren Sharp. I don't know. But the fact that you're tweeting about that, like, is Taysom Hill on your mind that much? And he's not the only one who does it. Jeff Schwartz does it all the time. And I guess why, you know, why he's pissed because he's a back, he was a backup offensive lineman, I should say, who probably did not make or will make as much money as Taysom Hill has made over his NFL career. So I get the frustration. And then you got Dov Kleiman, who just constantly shits on the Saints every second that guy gets. I mean, every two minutes pass by and Dov's just sitting there on his phone going, well, got to tweet something bad about the Saints. And I guess Warren Sharp's going to join the fun here. So my message for these people would be get a new hobby. Like, is it that fun and that engaging for you to just shit on Taysom Hill every second of your life? My God. And I'd almost get it if Taysom Hill was like this person who constantly asks for attention and says some shady crap and, you know, makes some controversial remarks. He does nothing. We don't hear a peep out of Taysom Hill. And these people are like, you know what? That's it. Go on Twitter and let's say something negative about Taysom Hill. All right, if that's what you want to do on your Wednesday, I guess go do it. I mean, I got better things to do than than crap on Taysom Hill every day of my life. But you want to do it, I guess be my guest. So so go ahead. But 
I just had to get that out of my system. It's driving me nuts. I don't know why the hell it keeps happening. And I'm sure you guys will probably feel the same when you hear this. So let's talk about the NFL schedule. The Saints schedule leaks because one, why not? And two, it's on brand. I mean, literally everything from the Saints leaks at this point. Who they want to draft, Terrace Marshall. Who they want to trade up for, J.C. Horn. Yeah, that's all leaked. Who's the, Why not leak the schedule? We might as well. So the Saints are starting off with what could be as the kids say, a banger of a game. Saints-Packers in the Dome week one. It kind of all depends on what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Does he get traded? Does he retire and go host Jeopardy? Does he decide to stay at home until something gets sorted out, a la Carson Palmer back in Cincinnati? Who knows? But that's interesting. And even if he doesn't play, let's say Aaron Rodgers gets traded or Aaron Rodgers shockingly retires or whatever it might be, then Jordan Love comes in. And I think that still makes this an intriguing game because you could have Jordan Love, a former first round pick, in you know, stepping in and filling in for Aaron Rodgers. That's a lot of pressure on a kid going into the dome for week one, where Saints are usually bad against inexperienced quarterbacks. And on the other side, you got probably Jameis Winston making his his, I guess, first real start with the Saints. And that would be really interesting. So you'd have probably two gunslingers you know, up to bat, or if Rodgers does still play and he's still a member of the Packers come September of 2021, you have Aaron Rodgers and a Green Bay Packers team that you would assume should be in the top three when you're considering your NFC contenders against New Orleans Saints team that is probably going to be face their first litmus test with a Jameis Winston-led offense, and that would be really intriguing for me. So Saints-Packers, can't go wrong with that. Saints need to get revenge for last year's loss. I think there's a lot to like about that week one matchup, and I'm sure you guys feel the same. But if you're a Saints fan, you should be rooting for Aaron Rodgers' trade. You know, I know people are going to say, well, I'm not afraid of Aaron Rodgers and whatever. I'd rather face Jordan Love than Aaron Rodgers. I don't care how bad the Saints do against inexperienced quarterbacks. I would rather take a bet on Jordan Love playing than go up against Aaron Rodgers because whether or not you like the guy, and I know you guys don't like the guy, He's a bad man. He plays really well, and you know he'll be able to kind of neutralize that dome crowd at times with a silent count. So I, I would prefer Jordan Love. But either way, fascinating week one storyline. Then we get into week two, and the Saints play the Panthers. First divisional matchup. First time you're going to see Sam Darnold versus the Saints. And this is intriguing. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater came out this week and basically said the Panthers weren't practicing red zone or two-minute drill stuff in practice. So yikes, first off. That's not a good look for Carolina. And two, does Carolina have the tools to fix Sam Darnold? I've watched a lot of Jets football, admittingly, and that's what happens when you're from New York. And he hasn't been good. Doesn't mean he can't be good, but he hasn't been good. So I think early in the season for the Saints, this is good because you maybe catch Sam Darnold before he's fully ready and understanding the playbook and kind of getting out all the, you know, the, the kinks in the armor and fixing it out. So I think this is a pretty decent second game for the Saints. It will be on the road, which obviously is unfortunate, but I don't think this is bad. It's your first divisional test, so week two is interesting. Then you get to week three. Pretty fascinating. Another road game at New England. I might get in trouble for this one, but let's hope that Cam Newton starts. And the reason I say that is two things. One, I think Cam Newton, in terms of stretching the field, just can't do that anymore. Like, he can't arm-wise stretch the field. And you guys know how I feel about Cam. I think if he doesn't get hurt, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, the guy has changed football, I think, for the better, and he was just a once-in-a-decade type athlete. Like, you're not going to see a Cam Newton come around. He's just so special. But in terms of what he can do at the quarterback position now, I think he's a lot more limited than, let's say, a Mac Jones, who 
one, you have the rookie struggle with the Saints, and two, you have a guy who can extend the field vertically with his arm. Obviously, athletically speaking, it's not even close. You got Mac Jones sitting out there with his beer belly and, and the cigar, and then you got Cam Newton, who's just uh, you know a specimen. I mean, that guy is just incredible. He looks like Chris Evans when he comes out of the machine in the first Captain America. Like, he is just special. But I would rather Cam Newton play because I think Cam Newton can't stress the Saints secondary, which, by the way, might be a weakness this year. So I am okay with it being uh, Cam Newton, not Mac Jones, if that's the case. But it should be really fun regardless. You got Belichick, you got Sean Payton at Foxborough in September. That's going to be a pretty scene. So I really do like that matchup. And obviously, when it's the Patriots, regardless if they have Brady or not, you want to beat them. So that's going to be really fun to see. Now, week four versus the Giants. This is probably the one where you guys aren't going to be like, uh, it's not that entertaining, but I think it is. And I actually think the Giants game will tell us a lot about the Saints for multiple reasons. And for starters, I think the Giants have one of the better, I would say, offensive group of talent in the NFL. And you guys are probably looking at me like I have three heads and you're wondering, well, why the hell would you say that? But you got Saquon Barkley, you got Kenny Galladay, you have Darius Slayton, you got Kadarius Tony, you got Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. That's a really good group of weapons from your wide receiver to your running back to your tight end. You have the weapons. So how does your defense play against a team that has so many weapons? The flip side, which I think will tell us a lot. Daniel Jones turns over the football a lot, like a shit ton. Like why isn't the media talking about how many fumbles and interceptions Daniel Jones has? He's not, or at least hasn't been a good quarterback in his first two seasons. He gives a lot of opportunities up to the defense to force turnovers. So this is a good test for the Saints in the fact that are you going to be able to force turnovers and be an opportunistic defense? This is the game for them. Through the first four games, this is going to be the one where the Saints can get a pick and a fumble, two picks and a fumble, maybe a couple of sacks, a strip sack here and there. This is the game. Daniel Jones is a giver in every sense of the word, and he's going to be out there giving opportunities for the Saints to get a pick, to get a strip sack, to force a fumble. And you got to take advantage because if you don't, then all right, it could be tough sledding because on the flip side, the Giants actually have a pretty decent defense. And at every level of it, you got Leonard Williams who played well. Blake Martinez was pretty solid. And then the back end, you have James Bradbury who had a fantastic season. So the Giants are better than people think, but the quarterback is an issue. And, and while people are going to say it about the Saints with Jameis Winston, we got to be fair. If Jameis Winston has a lot of turnovers, Daniel Jones has just as many in terms of on pace and what he does. I don't think people realize how many times he fumbles. It's pretty nuts to me, but that is for me a matchup that I am intrigued by. And I think it's going to tell us a lot about the saints, whether you think so or not, that's how I feel about that one. Now to week five, keeping the theme of NFC East on the road against the Washington football team. And every time I type it in my computer, I write WFT Washington football team. And I keep thinking that I wrote WTF. And now I'm thinking in my head WTF because it's throwing me off. And this is going to be a tough one. I mean, you're playing a defense that is loaded in the front seven with talent. Obviously, you know what they have with Chase Young. You know what they have with Payne. You know what they have with Sweat. And now you're adding Jamin Davis, who is a really talented linebacker from Kentucky. So whether or not he fits in quickly is going to be telling. But Washington has the front seven to disrupt the quarterback. And then on the flip side, offensively, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who what week are you getting out of Ryan Fitzpatrick? If it's Ryan Fitzpatrick at his best, okay, you might be in for a rough day. If it's Ryan Fitzpatrick at his worst, then we go back to the Daniel Jones thing where, okay, now the defense could build up some momentum, build up some confidence going into what will be a week six bye week, which when I saw it, I said, gross, that's horrible. No one likes a week six bye week. No one. I mean, in a 17-game season, 
that will span over 18 weeks. A week six buy is tough. But again, this is a card that they've been dealt, you know, and, and this is what they're going to have to deal with. So by week six, not fun. What do they have coming out of the buy? Also not fun. Week seven at Seattle on Monday Night Football. Seahawks games on the road usually stink, and it's a combination of one, bad weather, two, back then the Drew Brees offense has kind of just got flustered in that Seattle crowd, and three, back to kind of what I just said with the crowd. I mean, the, the Seattle fans are great. And, you know, as much as we pride ourselves, the Saints fans being the best fan base, Seattle kind of does the same thing. And I think that does present challenges. Now, here's something that I do like, though. 2019, Saints went into Seattle, were able to beat them without Drew Brees, played pretty well, good complimentary football between Bridgewater on offense and then the defense. And obviously, I know that's a different team, but the formula is there for the Saints to win in Seattle with fans on, you know, present. And two, and this goes back to Jameis Winston, in that same season, the Bucs played the Seahawks. And although the Bucs lost, I believe they lost in overtime, about, I think it was 40 to 34, Winston had 335 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He played pretty well in Seattle. He kept his own with Russell Wilson. So that's going to be a really fun game. You got Russell Wilson, obviously, who's going to do his thing, and he's going to cause problems for the defense. But you also have Jameis Winston, if he is the starter, who has shown that he can have success against Seattle. And I think Seattle... In terms of secondary, guys, that, that's a pretty bad secondary. They did lose Shaq Griffin. I know they traded a lot for Jamal Adams, and everyone loves Jamal Adams because he's an LSU guy, but Jamal Adams cannot cover. Like, we need to get that straight. So if the Saints can get him in a matchup where he gets matched up with AK or he gets matched up with Troutman, Saints got a chance to take advantage there. So week seven at Seattle, that's a tough game, but it should be a fun one nonetheless. Then that takes you to week eight versus Tampa Bay. On Halloween, if they don't scare the living shit out of Tom Brady, we're all going to be disappointed. But for real, this is the game that Saints fans are going to circle, I think, more than any other game on the calendar for a lot of reasons. One, the Bucs beat the Saints, and the Bucs ended Drew Brees' career, quote-unquote. And Tom Brady, you guys despise him. I mean, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. Saints fans do not like Tom Brady at all. Never did, never will. And... There is just that now renewed rivalry between Tampa and New Orleans, and there's clearly the edge. There's the Lattimore, Mike Evans factor that always needs to be put in here. So this is going to be a fun game. I don't have to go too in-depth about this one. You guys know what Tampa Bay brings to the table, and the fact that they didn't lose many guys on their roster, if any. I mean, they basically retained their Super Bowl roster. That is going to be interesting. So Tampa Bay, New Orleans, it's the late afternoon game on Halloween. So... We'll see if the Saints are going to go trick or treating. And I know that is the punniest, worst, corniest dad joke you can make, but it's the truth because that's going to ruin your mood if they lose on Halloween. But I guess, you know, on the flip side, could you know, watch the game in misery while eating some candy. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll find a solution there. But, but week eight, Tampa Bay, not a bad matchup. Week nine versus Atlanta. Nice little two-game homestand. And I think the Saints, you want to at minimum split that. Obviously, when you get to the season, you'll see – whatever team looks like, whether it's injuries or just not playing well and living up to potential and things change. But week nine, pretty good test for the Saints defense if Julio Jones is there. If Julio Jones is not on the Falcons, that changes a lot of things because it's okay, Calvin Ridley's good. And Kyle Pitts, we expect him to be good. But at least you can stress maybe taking one of them out of the game. Julio's there. Okay, now it's Julio and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. And it's like, can you neutralize three really good offensive players? I say no. I think you guys would probably say no, but that really is interesting. On the flip side, the Saints beat the Falcons twice with Taysom Hill starting both games. So 
I'm not too worried. Also, we have to see what happens with Arthur Smith, whether or not he's a good coach with the Falcons. So I think right now what I could say about Atlanta is, one, it'll be a fun rivalry game, as it always is, but there, there's a lot of unknown with them. We don't know how the head coach is going to look and how this, this roster is going to play out. So I'm intrigued. We'll see what happens. But week nine, not going to lose sleep over it right now. Week 10 at Tennessee. This is the deceiving matchup for me. And what I mean by that is a lot, you know, two years ago, maybe a year ago, I would have said, yeah, okay, this is a really tough matchup. But I look at this game now, and I'm not thinking that at all. Like, I'm thinking, okay, well, at least they didn't draw Indy from the AFC South because Tennessee is a very, very tough team to figure out because they're not good defensively anymore. Lost a lot of talent on that side of the ball. That's why they try to replenish it with Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden from Washington. But they're, they're unproven on that side. Their pass rush is not there. Their leadership on that side is definitely not there. And offensively, well, yeah, I know, you know, A.J. Brown is a great receiver and Tannehill can play well. They lost Corey Davis, who is a really good wide receiver too. So that guy's out of the equation. And now it's almost, can you stop Derrick Henry? If you do, you got a really good chance to win this football game. So I think this is going to be a deceiving matchup, at least as we stand here today on May 12th. It's deceiving. I don't think it's as scary as people think it is, but let's move on. Week 11 at Philly, they better get revenge because last year's Philly's game was just brutal. It was, you knew the Saints didn't have it, and it was just a, you know just them sleepwalking through a game, and then they started coming back, and then as soon as they started coming back, mistake after mistake after mistake. So can you get revenge against Jalen Hurts and them boys? If you can, awesome. If not, Philly's going to have bragging rights for yet another year, and that is no one wants that. No one wants to listen to Philly fans brag about it. But that's a, it's going to be a fun matchup, especially to see how that Philly team looks under Nick Sirianni, who's their new head coach. And how does Jalen Hurts look year two? Does he regress? Does he get better? Does he maybe stay the same? And if he stays the same, that's still a problem for the Saints. They could not figure him out. So hopefully for, the, for our case, he doesn't get better because that could obviously cro- uh, cause problems for the Saints defense. But week 11, Philly could be a cold weather game kind of, but it should be fun nonetheless. Hopefully they can they can get a win there in the city of brotherly love. Let's move to week 12. You didn't have Halloween plans because you watched the Saints. Do you have Thanksgiving plans? Yeah, your plans are to watch the Saints. So week 12, Buffalo on Thanksgiving at home. That should be a fun one. But on the flip side, it could also be a bad one because it's almost like, all right, happy Thanksgiving. Now go try and stop Josh Allen, who has a really good receiving corpse, which got even better with Emmanuel Sanders added. This is going to be a test for New Orleans. I mean, if Buffalo's defense doesn't play well, I think this game finishes like 38-35. I know it's May, and, you know, giving predictions, score predictions from May is is actually just downright dumb. But that's the type of game I could see it being if Buffalo's defense doesn't play well because I think Josh Allen's going to do his thing, and you know he's got great receivers around him with Stephon Diggs, with Emmanuel Sanders, with Cole Beasley, with Gabriel Davis. I mean, they got weapon after weapon after weapon. And then you have Josh Allen, obviously, what he could do with his feet. And then on the flip side, though, you have Jameis Winston, who, if it's a good day for Jameis, he's going to throw that ball around the field, and you're going to put up points. So it is a tough matchup. It's a tough draw. But this is a good, a really good game from today, looking at it. And if the Saints are playing well, and let's say they're a playoff contending team, I mean, this is a huge game to see where they're at. I mean, Buffalo for me, is the second best team in the AFC going into this year. That's how high I think of Buffalo. So if the Saints can look good in that one, obviously you got something cooking there. After week 12, they don't get the full break, though. They have another Thursday night game, this time week 13 at home again against Dallas. 
And if you want to talk about a game where you want them to beat the brakes off of a team, this has to be it. Obviously, Tampa Bay is the first one, but this got to be second. I mean, one, no one, absolutely no one likes the Cowboys. Two, the Saints lost that Thursday night game to the Cowboys back in 2018, and that obviously was annoying, and we had to deal with a bunch of crap. And three, I mean, again, this is going to probably be an important game. I think every NFC game, when you get to that point of the season, you're probably scrambling into that five, six, seven range for the wild card, and you're trying to figure it out. So it's going to be an important game. You obviously want to beat Dallas. It could be a shootout, just like the Buffalo game. I mean, we know Dallas's defense was not good at all last year, and I know they drafted defense heavy. That doesn't necessarily mean that their problems are fixed. As for the Saints, they lost talent on defense. Janoris Jenkins, Quan Alexander, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Trey Hendrickson. I mean, this is a defense that lost a lot of star power. So both sides could be in for a shootout, and we'll see what happens there. Let's move to week 14 at New York, and this is the, the homecoming for me, I guess you want to say. Not really, but, you know, put it this way. I'll probably be at the game. I would be shocked if I'm not. It's in New York. I'm a New York guy. I should be there. But whoever's going, you're probably going to freeze your ass off. I mean, it's December 12th in New York at MetLife. It's going to be cold. Uh, It's going to be cold. And it could be a fun one. This all depends on how the Robert Sala, Zach Wilson regime works. And if it's going well, then this could be a tough one for the Jets, uh, for the Saints and the Jets. And the reason I will probably be there besides the fact that it's the Saints game. I need, in my mind, I need revenge. So back in, I believe it was 2014, the Saints played the Jets at MetLife. Geno Smith was the starter for the Jets. So that's the throwback in every sense of the word. And the Saints lost that game. And mind you, at the time, I was, this is tough math. I'm going to do it live while speaking. But let's say I was like 15. Let's say I was like 15 at the time, maybe 16. and. I'm sitting there with my Drew Brees jersey on. Saints are losing to the Jets, so it's bad enough. And these older Jets fans, they got to be like 30s, 40s. They just turn around. They start flipping me off for no reason. They're like, hey, buddy, screw the Saints. And they just, I'm like, all right. You know, I can never have, have this happen again. Like, the Saints cannot lose to the Jets. So if you're hearing this, Saints, for the love of God, please correct your wrongdoings because this can't happen to me again. So let's move forward. Week 15 at Tampa Bay, Sunday Night Football. I'm saying from now it should be a tough one, but we said this last year and the Saints just destroyed Tampa Bay. So I guess fingers crossed that everyone on the NBC panel picks the Saints to lose. And then maybe what happens last year happens again. So we'll see what happens. But that's going to be a fun one regardless. You hope for a split with Tampa Bay and then you go from there. Week 16, Miami, Monday Night Football. So the primetime games are just rolling up for the Saints. I mean, they have a big stretch here of primetime games. This one excites me a lot. Because Miami, one, they have a really good defense. Two, they're well-coached under Brian Flores. And three, there's a lot of uncertainty with Tua Tungo-Vailoa. And that kind of uncertainty excites me. Like, I want to see what Tua looks like, especially Week 16, a rocking crowd in New Orleans. I think that's fun. And on the other hand, you got Jameis playing against a really good defense, probably. And that could be fun. That could be really fun. So, Week 16, Miami, Monday Night Football, that can be a sleeper pick of a really good game. I can see that being really, really nice. So we'll see what happens there. And if you're a Saints fan, you're trying to find a game to go to, that's probably not a bad option. Week 16, Miami, Monday Night Football should be a good one. Week 17, the final home game for the Saints versus the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, you want to sweep the Panthers, but you'll take a split or you take it any way you can. And this will be really interesting because – Unlike the first meeting, you're going to have Sam Darnold 
probably more comfortable in this system. So I don't know if it's going to be a tougher matchup per se, because it depends what you see with Sam. Like if Sam doesn't get it week six, he probably didn't get it at week 17. So we'll see what happens. But again, with the Panthers, it's always fascinating because they have a lot of weapons. You have Robbie Anderson, you have DJ Moore, you have Christian McCaffrey. Now you have Terrace Marshall. So it's always going to be a test for the Saints defense. And you can never rule out that rule pun on it. Pun unintended. And I know I like puns, but that one was actually unintended. So week 17, Carolina, you want to finish your last home game on a strong note. Week 18, can't believe we actually have a week 18 now, but week 18 at Atlanta, there probably is no better way of finishing off a season of, uh, you know, with, without playing against the Dirty Birds. Like Dirty Birds, week 18, that's the season. That's the finale that you want for the 2021 season. So against the Falcons, that, that, that one you want to, you want to sweep. I'm not even going to talk about split. You want to you want to sweep the Falcons. So week 18, that should be another fun one. I look at this game. There's really not a lot of games that don't excite me. Obviously, when you're a Saints fan, you're obviously going to say every game excites you. But just speaking from an unbiased approach, I think there's a really good storyline for almost every single game that is on the Saints schedule. So I think there's a lot to look forward to. And now, with that said, let's talk about the toughest games, not including divisional opponents. Because if I include divisional opponents, Every game is tough because every divisional game, there's uncertainty. It's really hard to beat an opponent twice. You know each other so well. So let's take out the NFC South and let's talk about, uh, let's say five games that I find really tough. The first one, and I'm going to do it in chronological order. It's got to be Green Bay. It's got to be Green Bay. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers is there, you're playing a NFC championship team. Now I know they didn't win the NFC title, but a team that was in the NFC championship game, you know what they bring to the table. So there is a lot, a lot to like about that matchup. Moving forward, only two weeks after, you play New England. And a lot of you are like, well, New England wasn't that good last year. And they obviously weren't, but man, they revamped that team and they added Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry and they invested on defense and you added Mac Jones. This could be a really fun New England team. And I think for the Saints, when you play a really well-coached defense like New England has, that's going to be tough. And you also have a lot of you know, matchups within the game that you want to watch. Hunter Henry versus Malcolm Jenkins. Michael Thomas versus Stephon Gilmore. I mean, there is a lot of fun matchups that I personally will be looking forward to see, and I want to see what happens there. Let's move a little bit after. Washington football team week five. That's something that really intrigues me. And I know Washington is kind of like a bland team, and you don't think of them being this really exciting football club, but they, they really are. I mean, their defense is lights out. You got to count for Chase Young. So Chase Young versus Armstead or Chase Young versus uh, Ramchek. Those will be fun matchups. You got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston, who were former teammates, probably going head to head. That should be a fun, you know, little storyline there. And then another subplot, or for me, is how does this secondary go up against a revamped Washington receiving corpse? I know we all talk about Terry McLaurin, and rightfully so. He is fantastic. They added Curtis Samuel former Panther, really good player. And then they added uh, De'Ami Brown from North Carolina on day two of the NFL draft. So a lot to like from Washington there. That one excites me. Then we go to Buffalo Thanksgiving. That is a game that I think is going to be so exciting because if Winston plays decently well in the Saints offense, you're going to have two quarterbacks in Winston and Josh Allen who at any week can light it up. Now, obviously Josh Allen is better. And we're talking about a guy who was an MVP candidate from last season. But remember with Jameis, Jameis kind of has that Fitzpatrick quality to him where when he's on, he's on, and the stat line is going to look insane. So that is a game that really could be fun. The Saints Thanksgiving games have been going well over the last couple of years. This is now their third in the last four seasons. I like it. 
I know you guys do too, judging off the reactions. So make sure you eat early, stuff yourself with turkey, and then get ready for that game. It should be an absolute fun one. And then the last one I'm going to pick, which I kind of hinted at before, Miami. I think Miami is a really, really intriguing team. And this goes back to last year. I know they missed the playoffs, but they were a double-digit win team. They were a team that was getting better week by week. And it all comes down, similar to the Saints situation, how does your quarterback play? Because Miami's got a lot of things figured out, but there's a big question mark at quarterback. That's obviously the Saints situation with them. I mean, you know what they have in, in the defense, kind of. You know what they have in Michael Thomas and AK, but you don't know what you have in Winston. And that is the question. So I really like that one. For sure. Now, before I wrap things up, guys, I want to talk about the floor real quick and the ceiling. And the floor is not the ceiling. This is not the Michael Jordan, North Carolina spiel. This isn't happening. But the floor for this team, in my opinion, as we stand here in May, is seven to eight wins. That's the floor. The ceiling, in, and again, this could change, and it probably will. I think the ceiling is 12 wins. And you probably just like... Are you kidding me? 12 wins with this roster? This Saints team is still pretty talented. Like, they lost a lot of pieces. I totally agree. But I think a lot of people are highlighting names that they lost that wasn't that big of a loss. And who do I mean by that? Well, I might as well. When I hear people tell me, oh, well, the Saints lost Alex Anzalone, and the Saints lost Sheldon Rankins, and the Saints lost Jared Cook, are we going to go through this right now? Like, okay, yes, the Saints lost Drew Brees. That is big. The Saints lost Quan Alexander. That is big. The Saints lost Janoris Jenkins. That is big. Outside of those three, and okay, let's throw Trey Henderson. Outside of those four, we're going to have to have a conversation about how important certain guys were to this team, at least last year. Justin Hardy, yes, important. Was Sheldon Rankins that important last season? My answer is no. Was Thomas Morstead that important last season? Thomas Morstead, obviously, due to injury, which you told me, obviously didn't play his best. And Jared Cook, oh, yeah, he had a decent stat line, but are we going to forget this man had that costly fumble? Like, I'm okay with him leaving. Like, I think some people are so eager to say the Saints are going back to the shitter, and I just don't know if that's the case. I still think this is a really good roster, and they did a good job, at least in the draft, of attacking needs. You lose Hendrickson, here's a new defensive end. You lose Quan, here's a new linebacker. You lose Janoris Jenkins, here's a new cornerback. And that doesn't mean these moves are going to work, but the Saints attack their needs. Except for wide receiver, I should add that. I got to be fair. I'll I'll add that one in there. But seriously, this is a team that the ceiling, I think, is 12. I think the floor is 7 to 8. And they're probably going to fall smack in the middle, in my opinion, maybe 10 and 7. And 10 and 7 makes the playoffs, especially now that it's seven teams that make it from the field. And the fact that the Saints have so many primetime games tells me that not only does the NFL feel like they'll be competitive, they think they're going to be good even in the post-Breeze era. And let's not forget over the last two seasons, I know the sample size is not a full year, but they're eight and one without Drew Brees over the last two seasons. And I'm not here to say they're better without Drew Brees. I think that's the most asinine thing anyone could ever say because it's not true. However, this team, just because Drew Brees is in there, doesn't mean the wheels are going to fall off. If the wheels fall off, it'll be because the cornerback position wasn't right or if Winston's throwing 30 picks again. If Winston only throws like 15 to 16 picks and the defense plays average, this Saints team is winning 10 games. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So I think the NFL isn't totally discouraged. That's why they get the primetime games. But more importantly, the NFL is also rewarding the city of New Orleans. I know there's a Goodell beef, and, and we get that. But 
the NFL knows that New Orleans is tuning in to any primetime game, regardless of the Saints are in it. But when the Saints are in it, the ratings are going to be through the roof. And the NFL is acknowledging that. But I think the NFL also knows this Saints team is not going to be a train wreck. Could they be incredibly frustrating and finish like eight and nine or nine and eight? Yeah, they could. But could they finish 10 and seven or 11 and six and make the playoffs and be exciting? I'm not going to rule that out. So there's a lot of scenarios here, a lot of possibilities, but again, it's only May, but I think this schedule is really intriguing for the New Orleans Saints, and I'm sure you guys probably feel the same. So hit me up with all your thoughts on this schedule. Let me know which matchups you're looking forward to, which ones you might attend. Um, Obviously, the ones that intrigue you, and, and I know Saints fans are already hitting me up about New York. We'll figure something out. Don't worry about that, but... Until then, guys, I'll probably, unless something breaks, I'll probably be back with another episode of the Straight Up Saints podcast early next week, hopefully with a fun guest. If not, I'll make sure I get that guest in here in a couple weeks from now. But until then, guys, obviously hit me up with your thoughts on the schedule and all that jazz, and I'll get back to you guys. So enjoy the rest of your week. Try and, you know, enjoy making your plans. The NFL is back to having fans in the building, which is pretty fun. So enjoy that process for sure. And I'll talk to you guys later this month, probably early next week on the Straight Up Saints Podcast. To the Straight Up Saints Podcast.